Welcome to the Dance to Oneness podcast. My name is Amy Shine, and I'm inviting you to discover and explore the many different paths to more possibilities. Okay, we're live. Welcome. This is the Dance to Oneness podcast. My name is Amy Shine. I'm your host. And today I have with me a very special friend, coach, facilitator, and Star Trini. Star is um, an ecstatic dance facilitator in South Florida. And when I moved here, I moved to Florida about seven, six and a half years ago. I already had been introduced to Five Rhythms. So Five Rhythms was um, a movement practice of like getting out of your head, getting into your body, moving through these different rhythms. Um, It wasn't about like how the dance looked. It wasn't about structured dance. Nobody was telling you how to move. It was really about like feeling the music in your body and moving your body and building up the rhythms in your body and ultimately getting to that place of letting go of control, letting go of your mind, and then going beyond the mind into more that meditation space. So I found that in Ireland and I had, I think I was doing it for a couple of years and then I found the tools of access and then I moved to Florida. And so when I moved to Florida, I looked up five rhythms. There was nobody in Delray Beach who did five rhythms. And then I found Star. So welcome Star. Thank you, Amy. It's so great to be here. Uh, thanks. I always love to talk about dance. I know. We get very excited when we talk about dance together. So, Star, I think, um, do you want to, like, just start with a small bit of an uh, introduction about yourself? Like, so I, I already told people, like, I found kind of this embodied dance through Five Rhythms was my first introduction to it. What, like, what was it for you that, like, what was your first introduction to it? And like, what led you there? Good question. Thanks, <laughs> Amy. Uh, so my journey uh, began, I was in corporate America, and I had a very jet setting lifestyle. And um, had the pleasure of working in the 90s, where all the dot com startups were happening. So I felt really important right out of college, making a lot of money and traveling around. And for me, it really started once I had really achieved all the success I could in the material world, I remember asking myself or the universe or whomever at that time, uh, is this it? Is this all there is? And from that day forward, I started getting all these messages about yoga, which was weird. I wasn't into yoga. I had been raised, my grandmother, my mother did yoga. My mother had lived in an ashram. And so I knew about yoga, but I had tried it once in college and it kind of freaked me out. And so here I am in corporate America, going to the gym and doing all of those things. And so it really, at first came through yoga. I started getting these messages. I'm like, should I be a yoga teacher? people kept stopping me on the street and asking me if I was a yoga teacher. And it was really weird. So I got into yoga first. And then that really led me away from my corporate job and over to India, where I was studying to be a yoga and meditation teacher. And I had no idea about ecstatic dance. So really, 
all I knew about dance was college, going out dancing all night long on the weekends. And uh, I knew about the traditional dance that kids do. My sister had been in dance. My mother was a theater director and teacher and dancer. So I knew about traditional dance. For me, the message came. It was real divinely inspired because I was there out in the middle of nowhere in India sitting in silence as part of my yoga teacher training in meditation one day and in deep meditation this voice came to me and said ecstatic dance is the new yoga and at first I was literally pissed off that God was giving me my next mission and I hadn't completed the first one. I was like, are you kidding me? I gave up my cushy lifestyle. I'm sitting here, you know, doing a a million uh, types of sadhana in India to try and reach enlightenment and become a yoga teacher. And in the midst of this mission, my yoga mission, this voice or this inspiration came. So I couldn't do anything about it because in silence, no computers, no Um, connection with any humans. And when I came out of silence, by the grace of the divine, no mistakes, there was a woman there at the ashram who had come there for her own healing journey. And she had seen me for all these many months in silence and wondered, what's this woman's story? And I saw her limping and dragging her leg behind her. And I thought, wow, I wonder what her story is. So after I came out of silence, we got to talking And I mentioned this message and she said, oh, I'm an ecstatic dance uh, trainer. I train people in the lineage of five rhythms. So she had been Gabriel Roth's, one of her right-hand teachers and was training people. And so that was also my first experience with ecstatic dance was the five rhythms. Um, And it was beautiful. It, it, It was amazing that in two hours that it awakened so much ecstasy that in all of those years in India and all of those practices, I was able to generate these levels of ecstatic bliss. However, it took a a long time to do it. And the dance, I was like, wow, I'm drunk with ecstasy in two hours. So I right away knew there's something to this. And um, my only little caveat was that i I felt ungrounded for about two or three days at least, and so did the other women. And so I loved it, but it was ungrounding. But that's how I got to uh, ecstatic dance um, two decades ago. And so what was it about the ungrounding with the dance? Like, could you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, Definitely. So dancing ecstatically in those spaces, it is conducive to reach these really high states of bliss and joy and ecstasy, meaning where the kundalini is just raising and you're feeling so exuberant. So it did a wonderful job at getting me ecstatic uh, and getting me drunk and high on simply breath and dance and movement. Um, But it lacked, at the time, I didn't have the deeper understanding or the vocabulary. I just knew that we all felt spacey. And you know, if you, if you, you get, if you're, you get intoxicated and it lasts a little too long, it's, it, it tends to, you know, make you feel, you go from feeling high to feeling like, okay, when am I going to come down and, and be my normal self? So you just kind of, we felt, we all felt a little bit spacey, but there at the yoga, uh, 
when I was learning to, to do yoga and be a yoga teacher, those practices didn't have grounding. So it wasn't until years later I could really put it all together and say, oh, ecstatic dance, after I learned several modalities, ecstatic dance is missing this grounding component. So it wasn't until I learned myself how to get grounded in my body uh, that I could really realize, oh, that's what it was missing. And I think that's why I entitled, you know, today, because I could, we could talk about all different types of things when it comes to the dance. Um, and I'm sure this isn't going to be the, the last time I have you on. I, um, but one of the things we, you and me talk about a lot together, Star, is like the embodiment, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I call today's um, podcast Embodied Dance. Um, and one of the things, you know, sometimes um, we were talking before we got on and I was saying, well, something when people sometimes look at ecstatic dance and they've never experienced it and all they see is maybe a bunch of people just dancing crazy around the room and, and they've no idea like of that there's actually, sometimes that is what people are doing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that what you teach is very different in that you teach about the embodiment and embodying the dance and that's where you bring in a lot of the breath work. And it creates a different, it's very different experience to just jumping around the room, trying to get out of your body and out of your head. So could we speak a small bit about that? Did you, oh, did you freeze? Oops. Hmm. I think Star just froze. Oh, you're back. I oh, think good. I lost you for a second. Yeah. So yeah, just to sorry, we lost you for a second, but you're back. And I'm so, back. what is like what is embodied dance? And like what what is because I think you know there might be a lot of confusion if you've never you know it's like looking at yoga. If you've never done yoga, there's vinyasa and there's yin yoga and there's restorative and and it's kind of the dance world the spiritual dance world is kind of ending up the same now it's like ecstatic dance five rhythms journey dance chakra dance embodied dance healing like all these different names so um i guess my question would be like if you're new and you've never done this before what would you what would you look for what would you like what would you recommend to people i think because it's so new I think you're lucky if you're in a town that has anything like conscious dance or ecstatic dance. I mean, if you're in Colorado, California, New York, London, you know, these places are teeming or Bali now. So there are hot spots. Uh, when I lived in California, there was dance in every single town. You never had to drive very far. But when I came here to South Florida, there was none. There was prayer dance in Miami that had been happening for a few years before I arrived on the scene, but there was nothing called traditional ecstatic dance. There, it, it was dry as a bone. Uh, so I think that it just depends. And what happens is that people usually go on vacation, especially if they live somewhere where it's not available to them or they haven't heard about it yet. They go on vacation somewhere and maybe they get introduced to it and then they come home and start Googling it and going to it. So I think that 
like myself, you experience a lot of different types of dance when you first start looking. And it can be unclear because you can read an invitation and go, ooh, that looks really great. And then get there and go, oh, this isn't really kind of what I thought it was going to be. Because it's we're pioneering the way. And so there is that component of free form dance. And then there's also the component of holding space. And then there's also a component of facilitation. So I think that as ecstatic dance facilitation grows, we're learning a language of the keywords to say so people know what to expect. Is it super free and loose and anyone can walk in, even kids, and, and, and just drop in and dance for a little bit and then leave? Or is it kind of like, get here, we're going to do a sacred container, it's more of a ritual, or hey, are we going to get here and be guided and there's going to be breath work and we're going to go deeper? So I think that we are figuring it out and creating the language like as we speak. Because as you know, since we've known each other the last four years or so, we've seen we've talked about the ones that were already there and we've seen more uh, arise and and we're going to see more uh, arising even between you and I and the facilitators that we um, have trained with and that teach with are going to be birthing uh, new ecstatic dance and conscious dance modalities onto the planet. And I love that. Like where look around, you know, if you do a search in your city or your town and whatever is there, go try it out. Like, and, and one of the things I think for me though, with, with, um, adding the breath work has been, that has been one of the most powerful tools. Cause when, you know, with the, with five rhythms was amazing and there wasn't any breath work. And then when I got to your classes and your trainings and you were adding the breath work and you were also adding sound healing with it, that was like, there was times where I went on to you, some of your workshops and dances and like, I was like transported into different spaces and realities and came back like, oh my God, you know, and so much shift and move in my body. And because the breath work is so powerful when you are facilitated with it and move with it, and then you have the live music that matches it. And that's one of the things you have star too. You have a massive capacity with DJing and you have the live music and you have the setup and then Jamie comes in with the drum and then the drum transports you somewhere else. So it's this whole, it's this, it's this amazing experience. You have so many different elements. And I think the key here is for people listening is that they know that not every facilitator is the same. Not every dance is the same. It's kind of like, I remember at the start when I was, I got the sense I needed to go to yoga like you, you know, I needed to go to yoga. And I and I went, I must have gone to yoga for two years, I'd say even three years, all different classes, and it just didn't click. I didn't get it. I was going because I knew I needed to go, but I couldn't, I just didn't get it. And it really wasn't until I moved to Florida and I started going to hot vinyasa flow yoga here that when it just it just shifted. Like there was that connection. And then I got it. I just I got it, you know. So, and um, I suppose, wh what would your like words of wisdom or encouragement be for people who are new and may have tried it once before and thought, "Oh, this is ridiculous" or "This is stupid" or you know, dismissed it. <laughs> and I fear that that is what happens. Uh, I even tell everyone who comes to my trainings that make sure you give an introduction, make sure you let people know what it is you're doing because I know that people probably walk into ecstatic dance and it's like, what is this weird thing? They walk out and maybe not try it again. 
Uh, so definitely giving an introduction and letting people know what it's about, just a few sentences. Um, I really think that uh, that for any pearls of wisdom is that um, know that whatever tools you pick up, if you were to come to a training that I'm offering, or if there's trainings that are being offered, especially right now, there's a lot of stuff online. But I think that getting a, a training and learning a language and having tools. So just like yoga, when yoga first became popular, we were all trying all these different kinds of yoga and we would try so many different kinds before we found the one that resonated because we didn't know what we were looking for and a description may or may not have even helped us at that time. But then we all started taking yoga teacher trainings. And now you and I could have a 30-minute talk or longer just about yoga. We can speak the same language. So I think that we're creating these conscious and ecstatic dance languages. And that by taking some type of training and getting a hold of some type of language, that language that you learn, that wisdom that's behind the training is the transmission. So when you have wisdom about why you move, how you move, why you breathe, how you breathe, then you can go to anyone's ecstatic dance and you can set up your own sacred space and you can do your own practice because after all, there's all this free form space. So I would say get some tools, do a training and get a hold of some language that you can then embody and take with you to anyone's dance. I love that. That's so true. You know, once you have the tools, wherever you go, you can use them. And so, Star, another thing I want to kind of top into today a bit, and we'll see how far we can go with it. But one of the things, you know, with the movement, like what makes ecstatic dance and embodied movement, five rhythms, um, different to yoga in that yoga is um and yoga is amazing we all start with yoga and we love it and there's a place for both of them and one of the things i have found with ecstatic dance is that it is a massive process of letting go like it's a journey of letting go of letting go of the mind of letting go of control and um, and it's really like required to like like it's very hard to dance and and get the benefits of ecstatic dance unless you let go of your mind so how what it, like there with yoga you know you're still having to follow a, a an instruction a teacher and poses so there isn't a lot of freedom for like even though you can just follow your own flow in yoga but with the dance what's the difference with the dance in letting go of the mind and letting go of control so i have always been a believer or in my experience, what my embodiment, my embodied experience is, is that yoga is masculine. So there is a linear logical path to yoga there. I studied the Kriya yoga, the science of self-realization. So, you know, doing all of these practices and austerities for a long time, they build upon each other. And um, the way they deal with mental modifications is what we're talking about. The mind stuff is through meditation, watching the breath, watching the thoughts. And every time you see your thought, consciously untangle from the thought and come back to watching your breath and watching your thoughts. You see yourself get entangled with the thought, stop, use your mantra, come back to the breath and the thought. 
you get entangled. So you can see it's this very masculine, uh, it takes a lot of commitment and discipline, but it, you can eventually begin to experience cessation of mental, uh, your, your mental cessations begin to calm. You can begin to create space between your thoughts and you. So that's the path of yoga. And so it is very much mental. And of course, there's the the hatha, that's a bit newer on the scene, but the traditional yoga is about that meditation process and then using prana or breath to raise your energy. So the difference with the dance is that we're not going to really deal with the mind. The mind, let it be. If you're in a crappy mood, you're in a good mood, your mind's really busy, okay, what we're going to do is let the mind just be how it's going to be. And we're going to use those techniques, those embodiment practices to start directing our awareness down into the throat, down into the heart, down, down, down into the body, and then let the mind be how it's going to be. And then we have at least three components of our practice that can, that through embodiment, direct our energy from our mind down into our body. So at any time, we can use a dance cue. Oh, I need to get in here and use those infinity movements. Oh, I need to use my sound. Oh, I need to use my breath. So we can use those things and just the dance. And we then we have beat thumping, great music, nice and loud, so we feel it. And then for 45 minutes or an hour, however long we dance, if you're continuously directing your mind, like training a dog, no, sit, no, sit no sit. But instead of sitting there quietly in meditation and and training the mind, as I described earlier, now we're dancing, we're playing our favorite music, and we're just like, get down in the body. And we're using those other three tools. And by the end of the, the 45 minutes or an hour, we were probably in our body much more than we were the entire day or week before. And then when you stop dancing, when the music slows down and you go into stillness, we all know what happens. Bliss, ecstasy, you don't know what the heck's happening. You don't know where you went. You travel off into another dimension. That is deep meditation. We're all going into this Samyama-like meditation, and we don't even have to teach meditation. We just arrive in a meditative state. We've released oxytocin. We've released all the feel-good chemicals in the brain and the body, and we feel good, and we naturally go into meditation and connect with source, the divine light, your higher self, the angels, all of the realms that bring in the light I love that (laughs) (laughs) and like because it's that's that's funny Dan just commented let's dance now so that is like there's so much going on like what you just described like that all is going on while we're just like moving our bodies you know because we we're not like aware we're not like cognitively aware all that's going on but that is all going on and we're just moving our bodies. So this is one of the things people look at sometimes at this type of movement and they think that looks crazy, but how much of that is like the ego, like judging that. So you don't actually go and actually surrender or go try this type of movement and that you actually might let go of control and you actually might go beyond the ego. One of the, and I never really talk about ego. I usually talk about mind, but one of the things, and I have to say, and I'll ask you to start, what has been like the greatest, like probably the biggest benefits for you in this practice? I have to say that one of the biggest for me was letting go of control, letting go of my mind. And it, it, the, the practice forced me to let go of my judgments. 
What was it for you? Uh, so the biggest benefit I received was becoming embodied and getting in my body. Um, the next layer was definitely dealing with my mind. I, as a facilitator, getting the training and becoming a facilitator is only layer one. The real work or the real workshop or the real training starts once you start facilitating. I had no idea once I started facilitating, there it was me, this beautiful sacred space, all these people dancing and I'm um, saying all these beautiful things. And then my mind is thinking all these other things, you know, yes, the inner critic, the self-doubt, any ways we feel in lack, it does come out in the dance. And it was mirrored, you know, mirrored. And so, yes, it did force me to look at myself, but I had the tools to, to do that. I think um, there was one Sunday where I showed up to dance at your workshop. It was like a Sunday sacred church. And I remember there was, um, usually there's more women than men, right? But this Sunday there was like three women and I think like 10 men and you were DJing. And like, as I started moving, I realized, oh my God, we're way outnumbered here. You know, it's all men. And I started to get a small, but like I could feel like my walls come up, my barriers and get a bit like, oh, I'll just like move away from them and just kind of stay in my own space. And in a way, you know, at the start of the practice, you're just kind of breathing and lightly moving and gently getting into it and getting into your hips. But by the time we got to like the tribal and kind of fire part of the movement, the the men had become more like a circle and it wasn't like there were men anymore. And it wasn't like I was a female and it wasn't like the other women were females. It was like we were all one. Mm -hmm. And that really showed me, that moment showed me like the the one of the biggest like benefits of this practice is pulling away all those walls and barriers and judgments and projections and separations and actually sh like the universe showing like they, here's oneness. Mm. There is no separation. You're all one. And that circle really showed me. Mm. Have you found like, what have you found in your own journey with that? Uh, I think that, uh, well, just to speak about the men, it's really interesting because when I came here from California, when I left California back in 2012, my classes were always 50-50, half and half men and women. And um, out there, consciousness is, is different, a little bit more evolved than here in South Florida. When I came here, it was mainly women with a, a pepper, a sprinkling of, of men. And at the last, uh, not this past training, but the one before, we actually had three men in the area come out of out of our group. And so that's the most, we hadn't had a man since we lived in California. And so I think that that's a tribute to a, a consciousness expanding. When the men show up, that means the women have done the work and they've created the, the space. And then the men are able to come in and then they do offer that. They The dance gets the men in touch with their feminine. And then we do get to experience the space holding uh, the divine masculine in that, that, that presence in that dance. Um, so I think for me, one of the biggest benefits for me is that this dance keeps me young, is that it keeps my energy and my vibe high. Um, of course, I would never leave yoga and meditation and those beautiful practices. Uh, however, they are older technology. They've been here for a long time. And the breath work and the dance and the alchemy and the way we're putting it together 
uh, it, it just seems to quicken our process of moving through heavy energy. Uh, the dance and the movement, there's just nothing like it. And, and, and ecstatic dance and conscious dance are different than other types of dance because they have that intention and purpose. They have that spiritual aspect that taps us in deeper than the mind and the body, but into our energy and our subtle bodies. And that's what yoga does. And that's how dance and yoga are the same. They are spiritual practices, but I find the dance to be quick. And now we're just so in this quickened, like everybody's like waking up like this. And so you know, this, we even used to dance for two, two and a half hours. Remember Amy? And now we're like 40 minutes done. So. Yeah. I love, thanks for mentioning that actually. Yeah. It's definitely one. it's something that has like speed, speed bumped my, my, my recovery. Like I found this when I was in AA and actually I forgot to talk about that too, was like one of the biggest things that had me go look for this and reach out for this is because I ended up in, um, AA 12 step program at the age of 21 in Ireland. So there was like nothing for me to do in Ireland, like 22, 23 year old in Ireland. And going to nightclubs had become so, um, like going to nightclubs sober in Ireland and everyone in Ireland just gets so drunk, you know, like it's just like a drinking culture. Like that's what you do. You go out, you get drunk and you can't dance without drinking. And I remember being out in nightclubs and just finding it so superficial and like fake and like, and really uncomfortable as well. Very uncomfortable in my body being out around people just drinking and couldn't dance and then but I would at home I would go and I would put on my music and I would dance and it was my way of getting out of my head and just like and and moving my emotions and then that's when I found five rhythms someone actually in AA recommended it to me and through that practice I was able to um like like you said get these tools and then I was able to go out and be sober and go out with my friends who still you know drank a bit and go out to the nightclub and I was able to dance and I was able to let go and move being totally sober and then they turned around to me and they were like are you sure you're not drinking and I was like no I'm not and um, but because I didn't have those um I had I was with my body I was in my body and I didn't need alcohol anymore for the confidence for the fake confidence mm -hmm. so that is something I would you know we I would love for you know, anyone in recovery to have this, have these tools and have a knowing that, you know, you can actually enjoy yourself sober. Like it's possible. You don't need alcohol to dance or to move your body. Absolutely. The people that have come through in recovery, that's been one of the greatest gifts is being able to generate that ecstasy and that joy. And so that's one of the greatest benefits. And that's really now is the time for it to catch fire and just go viral and let it touch every person on the planet because it, it transcends all language barriers. You don't need to even know, you know, it's, it's, it's about the energy of it and everyone needs to feel uplifted. And now with this technology and we're able to get good sound and good video and some of the zoom classes, we had a teacher training and it felt, I hadn't even met some of those women in person, but with this technology, it felt felt like we were, we had become intimate uh, friends. Yes, I love that. I am one of the things you had said too, as well is 
how before you would dance for two hours to get to space and how now you can just do it for like 30, 40 minutes. And since COVID happened and I started to do more online stuff, we would do like, um, you know, I'd combine the tools of access with movement and it would be 20 minutes movement and it would transform us in 20 minutes. So yeah, everything is speeding up. What used to take hours now takes 10, 20 minutes. It's really transformational. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so Star, do you want to tell us a small bit about your book you have coming up? Sure. I have a book. It's uh, an alchemy of my trainings that I've been giving for the last couple of decades. And it really reads like a, a personal manual or guide into these practices that Amy and I have been discussing. So that'll be coming out um, before the by the end of the year, Heal Through Dance. And I have the URL, the website, healthroughdance.com, which if you're interested, that is where you can connect and actually come and take a training with me online. And you'll receive an early copy of the book because I have a training October 2nd through 5th that I'll be doing. And that's a four day where you just get all the tools that we've been talking about. And then you get to create your own conscious dance wherever you are. And um, if you're available tomorrow, we're going to pop online at 3.30. I'll be here at the studio with a couple of the facilitators and we'll be holding space for a beautiful dance, a beautiful Okay, I think we lost Star again just for a moment. Sorry about the connection, people, everyone. Hi, Sue Cotter. She's saying hi, Shine. Hi, Star. Aww. You're just gone out for a second, Star. But while she's getting her, her internet back up, I will um, post the link to her Heal Tree Dance group on this on the comments after we finish. You're back again. And she also has www.jaistarstudios.com, right? J-A-I-S-T-A-R-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. And you can check out all her trainings there as well. Everything's on your website. Yes, it is. Jaystar.com, J-A-I-S-T-A-R. And uh, thank you so much for doing this, Amy. This was super fun. We could I know. We're going to do forever. more. We, yeah, I want to do more. We, we have a lot to say when it comes to dance. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for watching. And um, if you want to stay up to date, you can subscribe to this on YouTube. Um, we have it on Spotify now. Coming soon will be on iTunes. Or you can just like my Amy Shine CF Facebook page to stay updated as well. So thanks for being here. Bye. Thank you, Star. Thank you for listening to the Dance to Oneness podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to know more about what I have to offer, you can find me at www.amyshine.net.